The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is the early week two lines look ahead show. I can't remember if it's on the podcast or just on the YouTube. I think it's just YouTube. But anyway, joining me to discuss early week two lines, a very, very happy John Breach. Oh, it is on the pod feed. So if you're listening, you can check that out as well in audio form. I wonder if we'll discuss what the Bengals line is next week. I don't want to discuss it. I'm out. I'm leaving. Bye, Brenton. We're actually not going to discuss the Bengals line. But oh, in that case, I'm going to stay. Thank you. I should know. Pick six fans. It's the it's that glorious time on the sports calendar. Football is back. You listen to watch the pod. You've got your best bets in now. It's time to follow your action. And the best way to do that is with the CBS Sports app. Features lightning fast live scoring for every pro and college football game and all major sports, of course. You can track your favorite teams or just individual games you have interest in with a click of a button. It's also the way I get breaking news alerts, watch live sports, and stay on top of all the latest updates. It's totally free whether you have an iPhone or Android, and it's the easiest way to keep your finger on the pulse of every game that matters. Go download the CBS Sports app today. Let's start with Thursday Night Football. The very first Amazon Prime game in the history of... I guess it is, right? It is the first Amazon Prime game, right? It's going to say something like bold. Like, but I think it is the first Amazon Prime game. And it's going to feature the Chargers at the Chiefs. A fantastic matchup. That's what happens when you give the NFL $3 billion to broadcast games and hire Kirk Herbstreit and Al Michaels amongst a host of other people. That they they roll you out some some of the some of the good stuff, the uncut high octane stuff, and that's Chargers at Chiefs. The Chiefs minus three over under fifty four breach. My initial instinct here is that while this line won't move a ton, the way that the Chiefs looked in a post Tyreek Hill world, with the way that that offense operated against the Cardinals, just slicing and dicing them, finding all these different receivers. Clyde Edwards Alaire looked really good in the run game. I would anticipate that this line might shift a little towards Kansas City 
Although division rivalry, the Chargers look good. They took care of business against the Raiders in a quasi home game on Sunday Sunday afternoon. Uh, maybe won't move too much. I, I can't see the total getting cranked up. If anything, it might come down a little bit. But with that, you know, shorter week. Um, Tendency of Andy Reid to run, maybe, you know, if they get a lead, they could pound the ball. Maybe we'll see. Um, you can see the total drop maybe a little bit. Yeah, I don't think this will move much, but there are a couple injuries to watch out for. Obviously, Keenan Allen, we don't know if he's going to be on field Thursday. He had to leave Sunday's game with an injury, and that's a huge deal. If this game turns into a shootout and you're Justin Herbert, you want to have all your weapons, you don't have Keenan Allen out there. That's a problem. We don't know if JC Jackson's going to play. He didn't play in week one. Uh, Brandon Staley said maybe he plays in week two. So that's a coin flip. That is an important guy that you want out there if you're the Chargers trying to stop this Chiefs defense. And, Bruce, I think you hit the nail on the head. It is uh, in this post-Tyreek Hill world, you have no idea what the Chiefs are going to do. They actually bring the element of surprise because they're not throwing the Tyreek Hill on 50% of their plays. You don't know if it's going to Juju Smith-Schuster or Marquez Baudet-Scantling. Uh, you do know it's going to go to Travis Kelsey at some point, but it's still completely random. Andy Reid loves it. Patrick Mahomes love it. I, I have a hard time seeing the Chargers uh, kind of keep up if this turns into a shootout. Uh, I'll say two more things, Brenton. It is the Chiefs' home opener. Patrick Mahomes is 14-2 and two in September, and uh, man, I think 11 and two in prime time. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes in prime time. I'm taking the chiefs to cover. I think. Yeah. You can see uh, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. And if you are watching smash the like button, hit the subscribe button, turn on alerts that has already drifted up to minus three and a half uh, minus one of five. So it's just a little bit shaded there. Um, you know, if you want to take the charger to plus three and a half, you have to lay that, that minus minus one fifteen. I, I think, you know, I'm probably going to take the chiefs here. I don't think I had a very good week one against the spread. That's okay. Um, short week, Andy Reid, um, you know, his preparation. And I, I feel like what you saw from the Chiefs was very much a uh, focused, like, hey, look, <laughs> we, we know everyone's been talking about Tyreek Hill. Everybody's been talking about the Chargers and the Raiders and, and the Broncos all offseason. We're aware of that. And we would like to remind you that we are still the gold standard for this division. I think that the Chiefs take care of business. I would much rather have three – uh, then three and a half. And I think um, if I was betting the total, I might wait and do it live and take the, I think I'd lean the under, but might wait and do it live depending on how the game sort of uh, starts out and gets moving. Because I think if the chiefs can get a lead, they will, they will really slow the game down. Uh, and you know, the chargers can obviously throw it around, but the chiefs are not afraid to, to squeeze the clock. The dolphins at the Ravens on Sunday, the Ravens minus four and a half over under 45 and a half. This line has actually already drifted down to four total has not budged. The Dolphins performance against the Patriots um, really taking care of business against New England uh, and, and Baltimore, of course, absolutely dominated the Jets. Although it was a slower start for them, um, you know, not surprising to see this north of, of three. I think it, I think this is another one that probably sits right around this number there. Yeah, and the weird thing about this is that, look, the Dolphins couldn't have had a tougher matchup in week one as far as Mike McDaniel making his debut and having to figure out how to make his offense work against a Bill Belichick defense. That is not easy to do, and they looked good out there. I mean, Brinson, you're the president of anti anon and I'm not sure if you're going to gain more fans or fewer fans this week, but I actually was somewhat impressed with Tua. Uh, Tyreek Hill had a huge game. Jalen Waddle had a huge game. And the Dolphins have so many weapons that I 
don't see any way this game turns into a blowout. I have to think the Dolphins are going to keep this close, if not win it. Uh, so I think my initial lean here would be Miami to cover. Yeah, I thought, I thought the Dolphins were very impressive against the Patriots. They were, you know, you could actually, I would, I would say that the Patriots are very unimpressive against the Dolphins. How about that? Um, you know, two, there was one, the one big play to waddle on, it was fourth and seven with like 40 seconds left in the, in the, in, in, in a half that would end up being a jailbreak to the house. It's like letting that happen is so on Belichick. Like, and I do think that that um, changed the tenor of the game and you know, the, the Patriots weren't very good. Um, I, yeah. I, I think the Ravens are a lot better. I would expect uh, Lamar Jackson to have a much more impressive game. Um, this is also his home opener. That place gets loud. I, I will probably take the Dolphins. I mean, I'll take the Ravens here. Um, but, but I think that this is a pretty good line given how, uh, you know, Tua and that offense looked with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who are just very difficult to defend. I would probably lean towards the under here, but we need to see the weather. Um, I think both teams could be a little more methodical and, and run the ball a bunch, which would lead toward the under. But they, these both these teams can certainly have explosive plays. So I don't, I don't have a huge lean on either one of those right now. Uh, we'll just watch the weather. Of course, it could always come down. Sunday, the Colts at the Jaguars. The Colts were so lethargic on offense. A couple of big drops by some receivers uh, led to not getting any points. They eventually went to overtime where they tied the Houston Texans thanks to some kicking shenanigans, which, of course, we'll get to in the recap. The Jaguars had the Washington Commanders, oh my God, I actually called them by the real name, uh, sort of backed into a corner and, and let them off the hook. Uh, what do you say about the Jags as a four-point dog at home against Indy, Indianapolis Colts here, Breach? Yeah, this is an interesting one because, uh, you know, going into Colts-Texas week one, I thought the Colts were going to roll in that game. They did not, and because it's one of those trends, they haven't won an opener in eight years, now nine years, the longest active streak. Now your initial lean might be, hey, the Colts are going to roll in this game. But no, because they can't win in Jacksonville ever. They haven't won in Jacksonville in like eight years. It has been absolutely forever. Weird things happen when the Colts play in Jacksonville. But I will say that the, the 2020 square, I don't know that was indicative of how the game was played because the Colts came back. You know, obviously, Matt Ryan's first game, they're trailing 20-3. to three. They kind of figure things out, move the ball downfield. But it wasn't just the, the missed field goal in overtime. They had a, a fourth and goal where they went for it in the first half and didn't get it. So they were moving the ball. They just couldn't score points. Matt Ryan had a, an interception. He lost a fumble on a bad snap, or it wasn't even a bad snap. He just mishandled the snap. So there's just all these weird mistakes uh, that happen in week one. So I feel like if the Colts can clean things up, uh, like I lean toward them, but gosh, just because of all the bad luck they've had in Jacksonville, I'm not comfortable with it. But I do think they're the more talented team. So I am going to uh, lean toward that Colts minus four right now uh smash spot for the jaguars here for me i like the jags plus four i think that gets closer to uh three by the time kickoff i think it'll drift a little bit like the uh the washington line did and you know jacksonville i thought looked pretty good some missed throws by trevor lawrence the defense just couldn't it just couldn't give up two a couple huge plays to carson wentz uh and Jahan dotson and terry mclaurin where if you know you let either one stop either one of those and maybe you win the game um I wasn't very impressed with the Colts. I think they're going to take a little bit more time to get going. So I'll, I'll take the Jaguars there. And I would, I think that would be an early lean and an early uh, bet for me if I were making one on that game. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, more week two lines next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Commanders, Commodores, Commandos at the Detroit Lions. The Lions opened up as a minus one with an over-under of 46.5. and has already drifted to minus one and a half. Uh, Detroit covered uh, somehow covered against eagles i mean what an annoying backdoor cover by the lions that's that's what they do that's what dan campbell does he bites ankles and he backdoor covers you know this is a little different beast though because you're favored and you have a washington team that that offense look good i think i would probably lean towards the over here at 46 and a half um i don't know if it'll climb at all but detroit's defense is not very good and i think you can score on them Carson Wentz should have some success there. And you know that Detroit is not afraid to get involved in these like wild scoring affairs. I think we could see plenty of points in this one too. Yeah. And the other part is that it's hard to say if the commanders are actually good because they only beat Jacksonville. Like what does that tell you about a team? You know, we saw Carson Wentz go full Carson Wentz with two interceptions in that game that really kept Jacksonville in it. But then he showed the Carson Wentz of promise of 2017 through four touchdown passes. It looked like he had some chemistry going with his wide receivers, whether it was Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. So I actually liked what the commanders did against Jacksonville. And as you said, Brinson, the Lions defense, there is a lot to be desired there. They are not that good. Their defensive backs are not that great. And I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with, uh, with the receiving core of the commanders. So I actually really really like the commanders in this spot especially as an underdog mm. all right well if they can't keep up with the commanders and, they, and they're able to score i think we get um and we certainly like the, the lions don't quit they'll just find some explosive plays late in the game if they're trailing and that's how you backdoor that over as well that over in philly philly uh detroit over i took it live i think at 52 and a half when philly scored their first touchdown it was like i mean oh no detroit scored first they scored the first touchdown it was a, a no i mean just a sweat free w on that all right, next up for us, we have a Sunday game. Oh, man, this used to be a gem for CBS. Now, not so much. It's not as good as it used to be. It's going to be the game they let us announce. That's where it That's is right. on the pecking order now. Patriots at Steelers. The Patriots open minus one and a half with a total of 41 and a half. It has already uh, drifted to Patriots minus one. I know that Bill Belichick owns Mike Tomlin, but I thought Mitchell Trubisky was uh, serviceable. Mac Jones has a back injury. I don't see the Steelers are a smash here. Like there's a decent chance Mac Jones doesn't play, and the Steelers are a dog at home. Give me the Steelers all day in this one. Yeah, but what's the flip side of that? Is there's a decent chance TJ Watt doesn't play, and oh, yeah, also the Steelers Watt. off the Steelers offense did absolutely nothing against the Bengals. The Steelers won because the defense had a pick six and five turnovers, and they still almost lost. And so if the Steelers... I'm glad, I'm glad you pointed that out. 
Yeah. So TJ Watt likely out. TJ I mean, Watt said as he was walking off that, like you could see him out. That he said, I tore my pack. Like he, it feels like he is all, more than likely done. Almost certainly out of this game. And so that's a huge, oh, this game for huge, sure. huge devastating loss. Huge. Uh, so that's, this feels like a game that's going to be seven to three. I don't know who's going to win, but when you have, if Mac Jones is out, the Patriots backup quarterback, you have uh, TJ Watt out, you Steelers lose half their pass rush. Uh, and then you have a Steelers offense that could move the ball in the Bengals. Likely, I don't think they'll be able to move the ball real well against the Patriots. I think this game's going to be close. And just because you're going with the Steelers, I'm going to go Patriots here. I just don't think Belichick's going to fall to zero and two. Okay, I think I think it's close to Steelers favorite. So if you like if you like the Steelers, take them now. Um, I don't know how much lower this uh, you know this total could drift, but I mean, <laughs> like, I would I mean, I would probably lean under on on this one, right? I mean. It looks like it's going to be just a nice warm day in Pittsburgh, so there's no, no, no real weather issues to worry about. But, man, I mean, these two teams might not score very many points at all. So, uh, you know, this total could close at 39.5. That wouldn't be shocking. You know, we saw that with uh, Chicago with that weather, how, how quickly that dipped. Speaking of the Bears, they are at the Packers on Monday Night Football. The Packers are minus 9.5, the over-under 44.5 for this game. Those lines have not moved at all since they were set. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't see how you can, I don't see how this rendition of the Packers can be like a double digit favorite over a division rival. Although the bears had were almost like just completely worthless in the entire, they were worthless in the entire first half. They had like 27 yards in the first half, um, no points. And then the 49ers just completely folded. Chicago picked up a huge win at home in, in their opener. This is a different beast though. I, the Packers defense should be able to, completely nullify the bears and you would hope that Aaron Rodgers would get something going with, with, with that with, with that rush defense in Chicago and like just normal Green Bay weather in, in September I would think that this is a AJ Dillon Aaron Jones smash spot yeah I mean I don't know how I feel about this I mean the Packers didn't even score nine points against the Vikings in week one and now they're favored by nine and a half I mean that seems a little bit crazy. And, and, you know, like you try not to overreact to one game, but the Packers offense looked absolutely horrible in week one. And I'm not sure that they can fix all of their problems. In now, one no, no, worth noting, no, worth noting, they looked horrible on the road in Jacksonville last year against the Saints in week one, scored three points against the Saints. It was like, oh. Rodgers is broken, and then they dropped 35 on the Lions in an obliteration. Right, but that was a weird game where they, they're they playing in Florida because the Saints couldn't play in New Orleans, and it was, I mean, saying, it's like you, it wasn't you, a divisional game, and they had Devontae Adams. Yeah. I, I mean, there were just, there weren't questions about the Packers offense last year that exist right now, and they haven't answered those questions. It was... Last year it was can the Packers offense still be good? This year is it's is the Packers offense good at all? Because we still don't know. And I think the Bears can hang with them. Uh I, I would lean Bears here at nine and a half just because I don't think the Packers can score more than twenty or twenty-four points. Yeah, I mean, I think if you like the Bears, you would rather t- you would take it now because the like but I mean, like I'm not laying nine and a half a week ahead of time on a Sunday, you know, Sunday night football where and then it closes at like seven. And you feel like an idiot. Like this isn't gonna rocket up to 13 and a half or anything like that. I, I would be if it goes to double digits, people will take the bears, uh, even if it means like pinching your nose and uh doing so. Oh, we got a Monday night football doubleheader next week. I I guess I realized that. I didn't realize that. Um, cool. 7 15 p.m. Eastern. 
Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills open minus nine and a half. The total open at 49 and a half, 50, excuse me. It has dropped down to 49 and a half. Just a slight move there. Buffalo, of course, uh, getting 10 days rest because they played on Thursday or 11 days rest because it's Thursday to Monday. And the Titans coming off um, a, a tough L against the uh, the New York Giants where they had a chance late to win after, after giving up a touchdown and a two-point conversion you know, I think Mike Vrabel's team is pretty good about bouncing back. But if you were if you were picking the spot to bounce back in, this is not the one. This is not where you'd want to do it. Uh, probably a pretty good look on a potential teaser, uh, seven point teaser for the Packers or the Bills, where you get them to two and a half, and you, know, you just hope they win by a field goal. Um, if Buffalo looks anything like the team that we saw last Thursday in the opener against the Rams, like they are going to truck stick the Titans. Yeah, and look, there is 0% chance the Bills overlook Tennessee in this game, even though Tennessee just lost to the Giants. Uh, because number one, it's Buffalo's home opener. Number two, it's a primetime game in Buffalo, which rarely they rarely get to host Monday night games yep. there. Number three, uh, they probably still want revenge from the Monday night game last year when the Titans won 34-31 to 31 because Buffalo went for it on fourth and goal from the two-yard line with like 10 seconds left. Uh, and they didn't get it. So, and like you said, Brenton, they have that extra rest that I still can't believe the NFL schedule makers did that yeah. and gave the Bills that huge of a rest advantage from the first to second week. Uh, that's insane. I, I love Buffalo here. I don't usually love a nine and a half point spread, especially when it involves two good teams. I don't think the, the Bears Packers are necessarily two good teams like we just talked about nine and a half. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the Bills in this spot. They might win this game by two touchdowns. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising at all if they just rolled them. And, you know, they've been home, you know, getting rested. Tennessee's um, not banged up. They're still trying to figure out what's going on with their their offense. You know, Tannehill had some nice plays, but it was like, I mean, Dontrell Hilliard ain't coming in and taking out, you know, the Bills defense. That isn't going to happen. Um, finally, the second Monday Night Football game, the Vikings at my Eagles. This line open, Eagles minus two and a half, over under 48. The Eagles are now minus three, and the over under has climbed up one point to 49. The Minnesota, the Vikings looked fantastic. Justin Jefferson is a problem. Like he's just going, like if you can get any kind of decent number on Justin Jefferson to win offensive player of the year, that's, that's a pretty good bet. Kirk Cousins MVP bets are kind of live. And at the same time, the Eagles looked like a truck stick too, man. I mean, they were, they were rolling all over AJ. It took, it took a little while to get going. Jalen hurts a little rusty. Um, he got like five rushes for 35 yards. It was 0-5, but eventually started to get it going against that Lions defense. Minnesota's defense better, uh, but I still think they should be able to move the ball in the air um, and and in you know that ground game that they have. I, I like this game a lot. I, you know, that's a high total for that second Monday night doubleheader. Uh, but you know, I would certainly I, I don't know, I don't know which way I would go here. I, I don't think the Eagles are gonna get out to like three and a half. If they do, I'll, I would love the Vikings. So their cousins in prime time, never, never a great spot. Yeah, you mentioned Cousins in primetime. He is 2-9 and nine all time on Monday night. And both of those wins are against the Bears, so I'm not even sure they technically count. Uh, but I will say the Vikings absolutely were the team that impressed me the most in week one of the teams that played on Sunday. And it look, Kirk Cousins, that offense, did whatever they want. It didn't matter if the Packers covered Jeff, Justin Jefferson. It didn't matter if they didn't. He got the ball. He put up huge yardage. Their defense shut down the Packers uh offense and they did it so well they were confusing Aaron Rodgers they can confuse Aaron Rodgers I have to think they can do the same thing to Jalen Hurts so if you were going to give me three points with the team I thought was the best in week one that's not named Buffalo uh then I'm absolutely going to take them and run so I, I like the Vikings uh right now with the plus three yeah I would think that this line creeps I mean like it's possible that Kevin O'Connell just unlocks just changes who the Vikings are 
I mean, they ran they ran way more eleven personnel, and they got you know got the three wide receivers out there. Then they like they they did it like 50, less than fifty percent of the time last year, which is bottom five in the league, and it, it was like at seventy five percent or something crazy on uh, on Sunday. So I would I would think that this actually ends up being a pretty high scoring game. I think I would lean towards the over. I'm not sure how much it'll actually climb. I mean, 49 is a, is a pretty large number, you know, for a Monday night football game. People do like the over, of course. Um, and I do. I think if you are taking the, if you're taking the Viking, if you want the Vikings, I would probably take it now. I, maybe it sits at three because that's, but but there's a chance I think it comes back down if people jump all over the Vikings, uh, believing that they can come in there and, and that they're a totally different team than we thought uh, before the season started. All right. That'll do it for us. Those are some week two lines early look ahead. Of course, we'll be back uh, for a recap podcast after Sunday Night Football ends. So make sure and hit subscribe and turn on alerts on the YouTube page. You will get a notification 30 minutes before we go live. And then we'll get a notification when we go live. Myself and John Breach will be joined by Ryan Wilson, who will, I'm sure, be uh, humble and modest about the Steelers win over the Bengals. All right, talk to you guys in a little bit. See ya. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves, demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.